Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with John from Get in Shape for Women in Cambridge, Massachusetts. What's up, John? How are you today? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful winter day in uh, Cambridge, so I uh, can't complain with that. It's not below freezing. It's not snowing, so sun's out. Looking forward to being outside today. Yes, absolutely. We'll take it. Awesome. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? Uh, well, when I was uh, a wee lad uh, in uh, high school, getting into the, the whole fitness space and just trying to learn about getting, uh, getting in better shape for the sports I was doing, wanting to uh, pursue a career in exercise science and personal training, strength and conditioning, uh, that kind of morphed throughout the years. So I got my uh, formal bachelor's degree in exercise science, uh, master's degree in kinesiology and phys ed. Uh, so I always knew this is the direction I wanted to go in. Uh, mm -hmm. However, didn't really think that I want to own my own space. So I was just uh, kind of doing a couple of different jobs, uh, starting as a strength and conditioning coach. I was a fitness director for a couple of different YMCAs, working at a couple of different universities, uh, and then landed in uh, the Cambridge area, uh, and then started this job as a uh, manager and head trainer for Get in Shape for Women in Cambridge. Uh, originally, it was owned and operated uh, by, as a corporate studio. Uh, so it's just kind of one of their uh, specialty corporate locations. Uh, then when I was uh, the, the manager and trainer here for about eight months or so, uh, they sold it to uh, another uh, double owner ownership, uh, male and female who bought the studio. They had another franchise location. Uh, and then they owned it for a little over a year. Uh, and then they um, fizzled their partnership, uh, dissolved their partnership and were selling this location. So from there, uh, figured out how to make it happen because I loved the space. I loved what I was doing, loved the community that I was in and the people that I was working with. Uh, and then figured out how to purchase this studio with another business partner. Uh, so then we owned it uh for about three years or so and then dissolved our partnership uh right before covid uh november before covid uh so i became the sole owner uh about three three or four months right before covid happened uh and then i've just been running it by myself since since that point wow okay so quite the journey to get to where you are today and what a crazy time to become the sole owner huh yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, just being a business owner in the fitness field, uh, I definitely have a great appreciation for my background and being a trainer and coach into being an owner because it allowed me to really decrease my overhead during COVID. So, mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, once COVID happened, I completely pivoted, did online training for all of my current clients, whether they had like partners at home or family members, I just opened it up to whoever wanted to participate in Zoom classes because I knew that nobody was going to be able to go to a gym. So just allowing people to have that outlet to be able to work out consistently 
open that up to everybody. And then I was just running the, the whole studio by myself without any extra staff for about a year and a half, um, just as the trainer, manager, uh, plumber, mechanic, whatever you, whatever you name, just wear right. all the hats. Uh, but definitely, I mean, I know a lot of like business owners out there don't necessarily have that training background yeah. so they aren't able to necessarily do all of the extra staff and be the, the whole personnel working with their clients so just having that background of being able to do that for my community um, definitely helps keep myself uh, more afloat over over the whole pandemic too yeah yeah absolutely that's huge as far as just being able to step in take over keep things running during that time because if you know, like you said, if you didn't have that experience of being the personal trainer beforehand, then you really wouldn't have been able to step in and continue running everything on your own. And you still would have had those higher overhead costs. So that's a big piece there. Now, within the business currently, what is your business model look like? How are you structuring things? Are we doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? What does that look like now? Uh, so it's kind of like a group, group semi-private. So we do small group personal training for women only in the space. So it's a small franchise predominantly based in Massachusetts. Um, and it's a uh, four component model. So we focus on weight training, cardio, nutrition, and accountability. Uh, so for all of the members coming in, uh, when they walk through the door, one of the things that I'm, I'll mostly say to, to new people coming in, all you have to do is walk through the door and your workout's taken care of for you. So it's, uh, we have a, a trainer on the floor that guides people through a workout. Usually we're doing uh, like full body, functional training, a little bit of everything mixed with the cardio. Uh, women are in and out of here in an hour um, and we try and cater it to what everybody's goals and objectives are. So uh, our diverse clientele, we have age ranges from 18 to 82. So even if somebody uh, in the same group session we uh, maximize our numbers at four women per session. So we'll do uh, one session that starts every half an hour. Uh, so they'll do 30 minutes of weight training followed by 30 minutes of cardio. Uh, so we're just getting people in and out uh, on the weight training floor for thir every 30 minutes uh, from open to close. Uh, so maxing out of that four, at that four people per session. So eight people will be in the studio at one time, four doing cardio, four doing weight training. Uh, but we'll cater those workouts again to, to whoever is coming in. So if I have somebody coming in with knee issues or shoulder issues, they might have a slightly different workout than the other individuals that don't have those issues. Right. Okay. So every half an hour classes are running. So just kind of back to back, what are your hours look like? How, how many hours is that happening consecutively? Yeah, so uh, we are open Monday through Friday in the mornings from 6 a.m. to noontime, uh, and our last session starts at 11. Uh, then Monday through Thursday, we're open from 4 p.m. to 7.30, with our last session starting at 6.30. Uh, and then Saturdays, we're open from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., with our last session starting at 11 a.m. And then closed okay. on uh, Friday afternoons and Sundays. Got it. Okay. And how many members are you currently serving within the facility? We currently have 93 members in our uh, studio. Okay. And compared to um, pre-COVID numbers, is that a big difference from where the facility was 
pre-COVID or were you able to maintain most of that membership? What Are there any differences there? How does that look? Yeah, we're probably about like 75, 80% to where we were before COVID. Uh, so pre-COVID, we had about 120, 125 members uh, consistently. Uh, then once we opened back up again after COVID, we weren't able to open our studio doors until July 6th of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, so once we came back and opened up, we limited the numbers uh, going from, instead of four women per session, we dropped the numbers down to uh, two women per session just to keep the numbers lower, keep people feeling a little bit more comfortable being in the, the indoor space. Uh, then after a couple months, Labor Day weekend of 2020, increased it to three people per session. And then Memorial Day weekend of 2021, uh, increased it back up to the full capacity for women per session. Um, so when we first opened our doors again, I think I had like 30 or 40 people that came back in person with several, uh, uh, a couple dozen people remaining on regular Zoom classes. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we've uh, obviously been able to, to progress from there, getting up to the, the 93 number where we are now. Um, and just looking forward to, to improving those numbers as we go along. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as that goes, as far as growing that membership back up to where it was pre-COVID, and then I'm sure beyond that as well, what does marketing look like? Are you doing any type of paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, things of that nature? Um, are we mostly word of mouth right now, referral based? What does the marketing piece look like? Uh, it's a little bit of everything trickling from from all angles. So we do uh, kind of some grassroots stuff, uh, going out in the community, trying to promote our business. Uh, a lot of the members we end up getting in here tend to be a referral or from uh, checking us out on, on Google reviews. Uh, we do paid advertising on Facebook and Instagram. That's mostly through uh, our franchise as well. So we pay a fee towards the franchise to be able to promote some some of our um, our studios uh, on some of those other platforms like Facebook and Instagram, uh, and then as individual owners in the franchise, uh, usually like the the Google advertising or referral grassroots kind of stuff is uh, more on our terms. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And so, are there are there restrictions on your advertising because you are part of a franchise? Sometimes that comes into play, sometimes it doesn't. But in, in your case, are there? Um, yes and no. Like sometimes just uh, with different wording for our advertisements, uh, corporate just wants to have a, a little bit more of a say on, on kind of what the, the actual wording is going to be with some of that. And that's also to make sure that we don't get uh, red flagged from Facebook as well. Yeah. Sometimes if we just put our own words in there, then it actually won't even run. So yeah. they, they have some of the people on their end that are able to fine tune it and make it a little bit more worthy and not get red flagged. Um, and usually we're putting our own personal stamp on doing like studio photo shoots and getting uh, actual photos of uh, clients that are in our studio and our actual studio space that then gets advertised to our radius for our zip code or area. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's a, a good piece to touch on there is the organic photos and videos from in your actual facility. A lot of times I think people kind of get hung up on the idea of making a super professional looking ad 
when typically those usually don't do as well as the organic stuff. You know, people are looking to find something that they can relate to and that's what grabs people's attention usually. So seeing real people in your facility tends to do much better than um, something super professional looking that doesn't actually come from your facility. So yeah, that's a, a good piece there. Um, and then, so as far as the, the ads that you're running currently, the way that you're getting new people in the door, how many new faces are you seeing per month on average, would you say, uh, with the approach that you have? Uh, yeah, so I'd say the be best um, time frame for me to, to really give would be like from the fall on, uh, on really kind of the net news, because that's really when we really started to, to get a little bit busier, because uh, right. As you probably know, like in the, the gym industry, summer tends to be a little bit of a slower time, uh, mm -hmm. especially being in the city. A lot of people end up going to like the Cape or vacations during the summertime. So the fall for us tends to be one of the, the busier times of year from September, October. And that's kind of our, our New Year's essentially because, because of our small fitness space. Uh, we don't get as huge of an influx like at the, the whole New Year's rush or, or anything like that. And we have a higher price point for our memberships. So uh, we were able to kind of fine tune and weed through who's actually going to be a little bit more accountable and actually wants to come into this space on a regular basis right. versus just being a $10 a month uh, and never showing up. Um, yes. But for, uh, so since, uh, since the fall this year, um, or since 2021, our net new has been probably like three to four new members per month, uh, each month uh, since like September. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so now this time of year is typically a big planning time for the new year, uh, kind of looking at focuses as far as the business goes to accomplish throughout 2022. So what are your main focuses? What are your, what are your main goals that you're looking to accomplish within 2022 for the business? I'm definitely trying to get the numbers back up. Um, so really trying to focus on some of the different promotions that I can keep doing and encouraging people to um, come into this space and appreciating some of the, the safety measures that we've taken in this space. Um, obviously in the, the Northeast, we, we've had uh, some of our own uh, like mandates with masks and vaccines. Uh, so trying to encourage people that we are uh, essentially keeping the space as, as safe as possible uh, with air purifiers and wearing masks. And during the, the nicer weather, we have the doors open um, and just trying to, to boost the, the numbers in general. Um, I've done a couple of different promotions with uh, like referrals from current clients getting discounts on their monthly memberships if they bring in uh, somebody else who stays for at least three months or more um, and doing uh, some different like unlimited packages for promotional material for people to come in as well. Um, but primarily the main focus right now is to try and just get the numbers back up to what we had before COVID. Right. Okay. So kind of uh, researching some of the kind of best converting offers and just the best ways to get people back in the doors and allow them to still feel comfortable while doing so because unfortunately we still have some of these restrictions in place so getting the right people in the door getting more people back in the door and um, obviously just making sure that they're still feeling that same level of comfort with the restrictions that are still in place yeah. so 
if there were no, I, I sometimes I like to ask about like the the unicorn dream, you know. So if there were no restrictions in place, and you know there wasn't uh, any type of limitation on what you could do within the business, what would that look like for you? Where would you want that membership to be? Is there a certain revenue goal that you have? Um, are there changes that you would make to the facility at all? Upgrades or anything of that nature? What does that all look like? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's there's always something you can improve in this industry. Right. Um, and I mean, for me personally, uh, if, if everything was was perfect and being able to, to upscale, uh, being able to um, get a, a second facility, having uh, my, my happy space for uh, membership numbers for this space would be in like the 130 to 140 range. Uh, mm -hmm. because that would be the combination of just being manageable with also getting uh, an ideal like revenue stream as well. Um, because if we, I'm, in, in this space, we could, feasibly go up to 180, 200 members, but it would just be so jam-packed all the time that it wouldn't give us much flexibility for people being able to do any kind of makeup sessions or anything like that. Uh, so there right. wouldn't be as much wiggle room. So for, for me, my happy space would be like that 130, 140 mark. Um, and that, that would just be the, the, the happy medium of paying myself enough money, paying my trainer enough money, um, and still having uh, enough overhead to, to, to keep things afloat. Uh, right. and, then be, and then just being able to open up a second space because once I get to that kind of a number, then I can feasibly be able to, to branch out and scale up a little bit more opening a second facility. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Now, would that second location also be in Massachusetts, correct? Because you're mostly, the franchise itself is mostly in Massachusetts, right? it's, Yeah, it's mostly in Massachusetts, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, whether that's a, a second, second get shape for women location, it would probably be in a, a, an adjacent town. Um, and it, it would, that would kind of be up in the air where the actual location would be because we have to also make sure that we're not encroaching on another studio space being a franchise. You kind of can't go into another franchise's zip code as right. in a competing business. Um, so figuring out with that where, where I would want to be and, and also trying to figure it kind of figuring out geographic location on um, what uh, annual uh, base income is for certain areas because if you're moving to or trying to put a, a location in a spot that doesn't have a whole lot of um, affluent wealth in the, the area then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot like are, are people actually going to come to your facility right uh, if you're putting that in a, in a spot that might be cheaper rent but you might not bring as many people in that can yes really pay for the memberships that you have right yeah absolutely especially if you're a little bit higher ticket yeah. uh higher ticket facility you definitely need uh people to be able to pay those prices otherwise you're going to get into a situation where you don't have much of a membership so we definitely don't want that um now you offer accountability and nutrition as well correct yes yep. okay and is that a part of the membership or is that something that people can add on if they wish 
Uh, it's the full umbrella. Um, so we, we offer everything under one roof. Uh, so what you pay for a membership, you get everything all encompassing. So I get some members that really want that extra help with nutrition um, and trying to dial in to see what's going to work, what's not going to work. Do they want to gain weight? Do they want to lose weight? Do they just want to maintain or just feel healthier overall and just need some, some guidance in one direction or another? Uh, and then the accountability factor is the fact that we are such a, a smaller community. So we're, we're not trying to get to a thousand members in our fitness space. Right. So with all of the members that I have here, I know them by first name, last name, their kids' names, their dogs' names, their partners' names. Uh, and if somebody's not showing up for a session, they're getting a text or a phone call from me personally saying, hey, Bree, just checking in, where are you at? Uh, missed you today, let's not lose momentum. Uh, on on this journey together, uh, we don't we don't want to uh, to lose track of what what the goals are at hand, uh, and then just keep it keeping them on top of it. And right. it, it's amazing because uh, I I, ne I never bought into that as much when I was uh, earlier on in my career, but just having that mindset and that mentality of keeping people more accountable uh, to to stick to their their goals and what they've told you personally as their their trainer their coach you're just keeping them on, honest and keeping them on top of it yeah absolutely yeah that's something that's uh, super important to keep in mind and you mentioned this a little bit earlier with the so a lot of times gym owners get into this idea that they have to compete with the larger box facilities that are ten dollars a month mm -hmm. uh, and it gets into a situation where they're trying to provide the most value but charge the lowest price right and it becomes just like a, a race to zero so yeah. you can only go down so far but the the important piece to keep in mind is the value that you're providing. So the value that people are getting when they're coming to your facility is so different from the value that you get at a $10 a month gym. Like if you're, if you're missing the gym and you're going to one of those larger box facilities, chances are somebody's not reaching out to you and saying, Hey, we missed you today. Where are you? Um, we want to keep you on track. We want to make sure that you're you're going to stick to reaching those goals, holding you accountable. There's nobody doing that. So that's why a lot of people pay for that membership, but never actually go and never end up reaching those goals. Whereas it's the opposite for you. You know, people are coming consistently, they're reaching goals, they're changing their lives. So something super important to keep in mind as a business owner, you don't have to compete with those large box facilities. You know, that's a different avatar. You have your avatar and it fits what you provide. They have their avatar fits what they provide. And there's plenty of room within the industry for all of it. Absolutely. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you right now too, uh, about a year and a half, two years into owning this studio space, uh, Planet Fitness opened up about 500 feet down the street. Uh, oh. And when, when that happened, I had so many people, John, are you worried about lo losing members to that kind of that space? I'm like, no, I'm not worried because our model is completely different from yes. what they're doing. And when I've had people come in here, they try it out we're too expensive for them. They go down to Planet Fitness and I'll just say, all right, I'll see you in six months yeah. because yeah. I know that's not going to work for you the same way that we're going to work for you. And then right. seeing them come back to the door, uh, yes. looking, looking to get something different.
Right. Yeah, exactly. That happens sometimes, you know, even if somebody comes to your facility, they get great results and then they think like, oh, well, I'll just go maintain this on my own. And then eh, that, that usually doesn't really happen, right? Because we need that. A lot of people, that's like one of the biggest things. People need accountability. They just need somebody there waiting for them. And if they don't show up, sending them a text message, giving them a call saying, hey, where were you? And that helps so incredibly much as far as people reaching their goals. And we, and we still have the accountability factor with, we are, we're still regularly doing Zoom sessions for mm -hmm. our studio as well. So I have about 20, 15, 20 people that are regularly paying monthly memberships in our studio that are strictly only doing Zoom classes three times mm -hmm. a week. Um, and even that keeps them accountable because I record uh pretty much all of our uh zoom sessions as well where I'll, I'll just have me pinned on the screen showing the workout um if you can imagine just kind of like a um the visual of like an insanity workout or something like that uh that, that's kind of me on the screen teaching a workout to everybody at home uh and so i'll just record myself doing that workout uh, and i have it online on youtube that anybody's like free free to use if they want but all of the people that are doing these regular zoom classes they don't have that same accountability to just hop on zoom and or hop on youtube and do the class themselves at their own free right. will and their own leisure they need that extra accountability of oh okay i'm hopping in an 8 a.m zoom class john's there he's going to be waiting for me uh, and that keeps them that much more accountable, even just having those Zoom classes to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a huge piece. And I think above all, that's the number one thing that people really need. You know, once they get to the gym, like you said, when, when people walk in the door, like that's all you have to do is get yourself there. The workout's provided for you. We're going to provide everything that you need. You just have to show up. Yep. It's the hardest part here. Yes, absolutely. All right. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility, what would that be? There are so many things that come along the way, but one thing that really has stuck out to you. Uh, don't get in your head about timing because I feel like when trying to start your own business, timing is everything. Like, I gotta wait until this is right, or I gotta wait until this is right. Sometimes you just have to jump in and roll with the motions and figure it out along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, you're just gonna be sitting on your butt trying to figure out like all of the different logistics before getting started. So sometimes you just have to get get into it, get your feet wet, and start applying different things to to make it work on uh for, for what you want to do right uh, I, yeah. I feel fortunate enough uh starting in as a as a franchisee and coming into a franchise everything's kind of built out a little bit more for you so it makes that process a lot easier especially probably one of the hardest things as a business owner is uh, br bringing the clientele. Uh, and as a, if you're already a personal trainer or uh, you have a clientele already, that can ease the process a little bit more. Uh, mm -hmm. But it definitely stings a little bit more if you are just opening square one, no new, no members, you're opening up grand opening, the whole, whole shebang. But having the franchise already in existence, we already had uh, a revenue stream already buying into a business. 
Right. Um, so that made things a little bit easier for, for me doing that. But then it was, okay, now, now I just got to pay off all these loans that I took out to, to be able to, to continue the business going. Um, and, and that was still motivating there. Right. Um, but, uh, but I would say, I mean, just from getting started, that would that was probably the, the main thing that was holding me back personally from wanting to even think about opening up my own business was mm -hmm. all of the, the different red tape you have to go through like what what kind of permits do I have to do what kind of licensing who do I have to connect with um, so just trying to to get kind of the, the baseline and the foundation of stuff that you have to take care of and then just not not waiting until the, the perfect time is right to open a space. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's easy to kind of get caught up in the analysis paralysis, like they say, right? You're just yeah, kind of yeah, exactly. thinking about all of the things and trying to plan everything out perfectly. And that kind of holds you back. Whereas in reality, a lot of the time, the plan that you have or the, the way that you think it's going to go doesn't necessarily even go that way. So then you've got to adapt anyway. So that's, that's a great piece of advice, just kind of uh, not jumping into it, but getting the wheels turning and kind of taking it day by day and and figuring it out as you go and not just getting stuck on trying to analyze and plan every single step of the way essentially yeah yeah because if you're if you're just searching for perfection you're never going to reach it like we're yeah. not no no business is going to be a perfect model and there are always going to be adjustments that you can make along the way right yes a hundred percent all right, awesome. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, so you can find my uh, business social media. I have uh, Instagram. I'm at uh, get in shape for women underscore Cambridge. Um, same with uh, Facebook, get in shape for women Cambridge. Uh, my personal uh, Instagram is at the John Peckia. Um, there's not as much, um, business stuff on, on that, that angle. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn as well. And then, uh, our website is getinshapeforwomen.com. Uh, and you can do, uh, uh, dash, uh, Cambridge or Porter Square, uh, to find our specific location under our, uh, our franchise, uh, platform. Perfect. All righty. Awesome. So John from Get In Shape for Women in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much, Bree. Of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. And we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Carolyn Bath, owner and general manager of the Kick House in York, Pennsylvania. How are you ladies doing today? Great. Great. Thanks for having us. I am excited to 
have you guys here. Uh, Kickhouse is one of my favorite new concepts that I'm starting to learn about. I want to hear about yours. So tell me all about it, what you're doing there in New York. You know what, Beth, why don't you go ahead since you're the leader in the gym. Uh, so we are a kickboxing gym in York, PA. Um, we have been open about three years and we're just coming back strong from opening in the middle of a pandemic. There was a pandemic from what I heard. Yeah. Just, a, just a slight hiccup in the world for the last couple of years. So um, yeah, definitely interested in the kick house model, what you guys are offering. I know you have group fitness, the kind of the martial arts aspect to it, but you've layered a couple of other things on top of it. So let's go into, you know, kind of your whole uh, grocery list or checklist of offerings. Okay. You have. So, you know, one thing about us that um, I think it's really important is, you know, the fighters workout is the greatest workout in, available, as you've seen from some of the UFC fighters or people, you know, professional boxers in an amazing shape. And what we really strive to do is bring that workout to anyone. It's fun, it's fast, and it's amazingly effective, not just physically, but for your mental health. Um, so what we do is we offer classes all day and there are a um, variety of um, you know, intensity levels. We have power kick, we have classic kick, we have kickstart for beginners. But then we also put in things to balance that, like, um, and Beth should talk about this a little in the boot camp. Um, we do focus classes, we have yoga. And Beth, why don't you talk a little about the boot camps and the focus, since you're really the author and genius behind those. So um, we we started all kickboxing and we realized that we just wanted to add a little flair in there. We wanted to um, give them a little bit of working with weights too. So we added the boot camps. So again, that's where we throw in some weightlifting there, change, get away from the kickboxing just for a minute because most of our members do kickbox five plus days a week. So it's a nice little mix up there. And then we did start offering yoga to again, balance it out. Um, I think that's also a mental part of it too. It calms us down from all the kickboxing. Uh, we started the Pio, which is um, it's a beach body thing and it's a little bit faster than yoga. So um, that so we just, we have something for everyone and we want to be a one-stop shop. Uh, we also have a nutrition coach on staff now too. So there's no reason to go anywhere else. We have the kickbox, we have the boot camps, we have the yoga, and we have someone that can talk about nutrition now too. So and, we're just and trying personal to training. And personal training, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> we have personal training, um, our whole staff, um, you know, you can pick and choose who you want and we will design a program for whatever someone's looking for. Want to lose weight, we can design a little program for that, a little bit more toning, things like that. Um, we do a lot of buddy training. Um, our studio has really become a community of people and we've had a few people that have met and are like, you know, I just want to do a little extra, will you be my friend and personal train with me? So we have a lot of that actually. I have a couple sets of buddy training, we call it right now. So yes, that is definitely a big one. So again, just one-stop shop, trying to hit everything and doing what everybody needs for their health and wellness. Absolutely. It sounds like the only thing that might stop somebody who comes in your doors from, from getting started with you is if you just feel like they may not be a good culture fit or maybe in alignment with what you're trying to give. But if somebody's coming in 
and they, they're looking for results, they're looking for a fun atmosphere, and they're not sure exactly how they want it executed, you're going to be able to show them something that they should be able to do to get started with and, and be in your kind of ecosphere and then see, you know, touch the other pieces. No, honestly, the only thing that stops people from coming is that I, I feel that they find kickboxing can be intimidating because they don't understand that it is truly for everyone. We have had people who are recovering from strokes. We have people who have never worked out a day in their life. We have Parkinson's patients. You name it, they come in and we can make this workout work for them. Um, and then they just really fall in love with the sense of community. Um, it is a group of people who welcomes and celebrates everyone. Um, so once we get them in there, though, honestly, all these different choices enables them to stay. So that wouldn't you agree, Beth, that, you know, because any workout, if you do it over and over again, it's going to get a little boring. So by offering all these um, different options for people, we've been able to increase the average retention rate and length of membership. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And we have a lot of people will come because they do like the group, the group fitness. You know, you don't have to think about what you're doing. But we do have had a handful of people come in and start with personal training because they don't they're not sure about working out with other people. And it takes no time at all for us to introduce them to that or vice versa. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely um, also with the yoga, you know, you have people come in for kickboxing. Well, hey, why don't you try yoga? Oh, I've never done yoga before. And then they turn, they start loving it. We've had people come in. Oh, we heard you all for yoga. Well, why don't you try kickboxing? Same thing. We're introducing people to things they never thought they would do, which is really cool. And by offering so many different things, it's just a fully well-rounded workout. Yeah, it's, um, it's really cool for me to hear, you know, even saying like, you know, having stroke recovery patients and Parkinson's patients. And, and that may not be everybody's niche. Not everybody might be willing to have the patience or have the ability to really figure out a way to change things up or adapt or you know accommodate as many people. And I think that really speaks to you all just wanting to make the biggest impact you can on the community. Basically, if somebody raises their hand and says, I want help with my, with my health and wellness, you're gonna go the extra mile and not just take, you know, the easy, you know, 20 something who's already fit and just wants to beat the crap out of somebody, out of something, not somebody, out of something, hopefully, right? At least in your facility. So I really like that you're, you're kind of, you're walking the walk. You're not just talking the talk as far as, trying to be inclusive and trying to bring people in. And Carol, something you said that I want to, there's a couple things, um, but, but the first one is, you know, you were talking about, you know, the intimidation or what keeps people from coming in and, you know, kickboxing obviously sounds or, you, you know, any type of martial arts, I guess, too, anything that's combat based, it sounds to people like, oh, it, it may be hard. I may not have the skills. I might get hurt. I don't, I'm not going to know what I'm doing. I'm not coordinated. What do you do on the marketing side of things? Like, what are you doing to get people interested in portray the message that it is for, for anybody who wants to do it? Right. And I think that is the primary message we give in all of our marketing materials and all our communications with prospective clients. Oh no, it's for everyone. You do it at your own pace. We try and use our members 
um, as models, so to speak, because they come in all shapes and sizes. And I think if you can identify yourself in a picture, oh, I, you know, there's someone my age and my fitness level, I, I wanna try and everyone wants to kick and punch things these days. That's the thing, they really do. But I, and I think Beth will agree with this, almost universally when we get them on the phone, to get them scheduled, they've expressed interest in coming, they say, I'm really scared. Beth, wouldn't you agree? Oh, I'm so oh, nervous. Yes. Yeah. Yes, all the and time. Like, nah, just come on in. Anybody can do this. You know, we'll, we'll wait, just come in. And if they come in the door, they walk out feeling amazing. And, and that is why one of the um, groups we're seeing a lot of right now are PTSD suffers. I mean, that's been an influx after the, uh, the pandemic because it's a really safe space for them to be themselves, to have people celebrate their successes and to work out some of those angers and anxieties. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, the, the pandemic has certainly highlighted how important the mental, mental aspect of things, mental health can be, that people, even if they didn't realize it before, is such a huge thing that they were missing you know, without even realizing how much of a stress relief, how much of an, an energy push it can be. So um, I think it's great that one of the things that you identified is pe having people be able to say, hey, that person looks like me, or hey, that makes me think that I can do it. So you know, that's, that's really what it takes for a lot of people is seeing someone they can identify with. You know, word of mouth is great, referrals are great, but until somebody sees Oh, all right. Well, that person can do it. I think I can do it. To so just to get in your door uh, is super important. So I want to dig a little bit more um, because you, you're talking about marketing materials. You're talking about communications. Are you doing any active marketing like paid marketing, Facebook, Instagram, Google? What does that look like for you right now? So right now, and it's it's part of it is franchise sponsored. Um, mm -hmm. which is the Facebook advertising is the bulk majority of our advertising budget. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it has diminishing returns and I haven't quite figured out that piece yet. Um, when we first opened in 2019, we had a waiting list of, what was it, 1500 people to come in and take a free, to come in and take class. Because um, the Facebook advertising coupled with the fact we were so new really just took off. Now we see far fewer leads. I mean, Beth, what do you think? We see like maybe three a day or? Yeah, and we're, we're about two or three a day right now. And, right. But, and so, yeah, yeah and, and I know we need to change this up. And this is, I mean, since we're being honest, we're all gym owners, we understand we have a lot to learn. Um, we're, we're trying to crack that nut still. Um, Instagram provides some, not, not a lot, and it might be the way we're leveraging it. Um, we've just started reaching out on things like digital billboards and um, which I don't, it's so hard to judge if that's successful, but we like seeing it up there as we drive by. So it gives us a little good feeling. Um, but yeah, that's, um, the marketing is always, is, is always, is always something that needs constant attention and tuning. Um, and I think it's an area that we need to continue to get better at. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. So I agree, right? Without marketing, without people coming in, your attention can be fantastic. And we'll, we'll spend a couple minutes talking about retention, but 
there are going to be people who leave your gym no matter what. People's careers change, people, people's interests change, people's for any number of reasons, right? You're going to have people leave no matter how great of a product you have. So if you don't have people coming in to meet or exceed what's, what's being lost, right? Your business is going to shrink right? and uh, grow or die is, is probably one of the best descriptions of a small business, like, like a micro gym. If you're not growing, there's, you know, growing causes problems, but they're good problems. Shrinking usually doesn't cause good problems. So um, so being aware of that and trying to figure out, like you said, the next nut to crack, the next step to go into um, on that, on the digital marketing platforms is certainly going to be one of those things that elevates you, right? That gets you to that, that next step that you need to be. But I want to talk about a couple of the other functions that interrelate with that. And one of those big ones that we see feeding back into a marketing budget or marketing plan is sales and front end offers. So what is that for you right now? Do you have just one front end offer that people sign up for? Do you have a multitude or a menu? What can somebody do, you know, on day one with you to, to sign up for a program? So we offer the first class is free. Uh, we get them signed up, get them in there. Um, again, like Carol said, they're always a little nervous and we take them to their bag and, you know, explain to them what's gonna happen. Um, after the class, we, you know, get information from them. What are you looking to do? What brought you in? How often do you want to come? You know, what goals are you trying to meet? Uh, we have multiple membership options. We have an unlimited option. So as many classes as you want, whenever you want. And like I said before, most of our members do take five plus classes a week. Um, after that, we have an eight times a month membership. So we average that two times a week. Um, and then we have a 20 class package that they can pay in full for. So those are our three options. And um, we used to have another option of four times a month, uh, basically one time a week, but we put that one on hold for a little bit because it doesn't really last because they're not meeting any goals. Um, and then it gets pushed aside. Once a week, you kind of forget about, you know what I mean? Um, so those are the three options we're offering right now. Yeah, and as far as the like getting them in the door, the first class free is pretty much all we're offering right now, right? Yes. That's yeah. that's, that's, it. that's it. Okay. So I'm sure there's a very high percentage of people that come in and they take that first class and they're all hyped up and the endorphins are going. And that's a great time to get people to sign up. What it sounds like, and, and I want to make sure that I'm understanding it right, is basically if somebody does sign up, they're signing up more on a membership-based plan than, than like a, a defined end program, like a 12-month or a six-month or, or something that's got some sort of goal attached to it. It's more, let's get you signed up. We're going we're gonna to see you eight or 10 times a month. And then the more you come, the better your results will be. Yes. Okay. All right. So that gives me an idea. And there's different ways to approach it. And I would, I would, I would never say anything is right or wrong. I think it's trying to figure out what works in your market and in where you're trying to go with things. So once people are in your ecosystem, they're taking classes, right? The, a lot of it comes down to the staff, right? You have a staff of seven trainers. What are you doing? for them, for systems that they can have in place to try to keep those people excited every single time 
you know, is it in the execution? Is it in the training of the trainers? Is it in processes you have? What are you doing to keep people engaged once they are now on that recurring membership? Um, that's, yeah, okay. that's the best thing, I think. So our trainers are very hype. Um, I will say they give, all trainers give an excellent class. It's very exciting every time their energy is through the roof. But we also, I mean, we do also talk to each of these members and figure out what are they doing there? You know, constantly asking, you know, what they tell us, we don't even need to tell them what results they've seen since they started. Um, so it's always fun. It's always engaging. We have a Facebook page for our members, um, a private group, and I, our members alone keep the excitement going. They are constantly encouraging one another. Um, they're constantly sharing memes on the Facebook page that others can relate to. You know, it's really become a community. They come in there and they have fun and they ex get excited about the other members they're going to see. Right. And then we'd also do things like we'll have challenges throughout the year. Like the challenge we just started, uh, just finished, uh, was back, back to you, correct? Um, yes. And all the members sign up for it because they know um, they can all be part of something special to do together. We have special classes for them. We that's um, planned outdoor challenges. Um, they all have special T-shirts, things like that. Um, in the past, we've had we have a heart rate monitor system. You know that it's like Orange Theory or anybody else. Um, and we've had developed teams where we have challenges for weeks at a time. Who can accumulate the most points? Um, we, you know, they, the members themselves create, they go out to dinner together, they create events where everybody, you know, posts and plans on the page. So, I mean, I think it's all of those things. When we have those challenges, we have people join them who cannot afford to lose a single pound. They're so fit and amazing, but they don't want to miss out on the fun. So they, they pay the money and join it anyway. So I think that really helps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it. And that's one of those things where people like to be a part of something, right? If there's something going on, right? Humans, we suffer from massive FOMO, right? You don't want to be that person who's not, not participating. So having those things built in, whether you have it on an internal promotions calendar or it's just a mental checklist or somehow to know, like, we're going to do those extra things to keep people engaged is great because... If you think that just having great classes day after day is gonna be the ultimate end all and be all for attention, unfortunately it's not. There are people who are like, yeah, I love my gym, but it, all, it only takes one or two days of self-doubt or missed classes or something goes wrong in their life before they're like, yeah, I'm not gonna go this week. And then that turns into, why am I paying $200 a month? And then next thing you know they're like i love your gym but i have to cancel right yep. which is if, that's what they're happens being, they're being honest in that way they're like they don't think that anything is wrong but there aren't enough things that are, are hooking them in and keeping them engaged so it's you know you kick yourself as a gym owner i know i would but this person is telling me they love the gym why why don't they keep going they may not even know it's just it's those those touch points time after time and being conscious and layering those on, I think is, is good on you for, for keeping that retention always that front of mind. So the last big piece, uh, whenever we're looking at gyms and business models is 
is really like additional services. And I know you said you have a nutrition coach on staff, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. So you have nutrition that you can offer. Um, and then, well, we'll start with that. Uh, with your nutrition, is it something that people buy a la carte? Is it included in some of your memberships? How do people get enrolled in your nutrition project? So when, as Carol said, we had, we just finished up an, an eight week challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my trainers has been interested and started taking classes to, to learn more of the nutrition, the nutrition side. So she got certified right before the challenge. So it was a great addition to our challenge. Um, people lost weight, lost inches. It was fantastic. Since the challenge has ended, um, she does, she um, just meets with them half hour here, half hour there. And it's, I guess that you would can say it's all a cart with her, but she has been crazy busy since this challenge stopped because people want to continue with her nutrition tips or again, she sits down with them, you know, they have a list of what they've been eating, take this out, add this. So it's just a guide. So she guides them and it's just enough to keep them, you know, steady with what they're eating and, and trying not to, you know, fall off like we all tend to do once in a while. Yeah. And we do it like personal training. So it's, it's, it's charged the same way. Um, you know, and a lot, as you know, a lot of people don't know anything about nutrition. People that come in and say, but I wanted somebody told me that one day the pop tart had 18 uh, vitamins and minerals in it, you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. So it really helps um, for, to have that available. Um, Kickhouse headquarters has, I think, has done a very good job of giving us guidelines for um, the nutrition um, at which uh, our nutrition coach was able to run with it. Um, so that's been really good, but it's definitely an area we intend to grow, yeah. right? We, it's, it's fairly new. Yeah. And with nutrition, the, the, the yin to the yang, I guess, of that a lot of times, and, and it's a really hard thing for small gym owners, you know, micro gyms, not big box gyms to get into, is the, the supplementation side of things, right? There's so many, so many dark clouds and so much negativity that comes around that, that not, I don't think nearly enough gyms embrace it. Is that something that you all are doing right now or thinking about doing at some point to supplements yeah supercharge the nutrition side yep so kick house has their own brand of supplements um it's limited right now to three pieces it's whey protein it's uh pre-workout right and Mm -hmm. and then the bcaa um but it's something they continue to look in and grow i mean we could certainly offer our own um and it's just not something we've looked at from a profitability, you know, it's, and you're right. It gets me a little nervous to go out and pick out my own because there's so many things out there and I want to do what's best for our members. So we're really letting corporate take the lead. Yeah. And those big three things, right. And I'm glad that you even recognize and have any of them because there are three things that almost every avid gym goer is buying. But they're buying from Amazon, they're buying from GNC, they're buying from somebody that they don't know because there's so little, we'll be real, in most of the supplement lines that are out there, there's so little money to be made that it doesn't justify the amount of time that you need to spend to be an expert on it. And then it just kind of, it's like, well, this is what I take if you want to buy it, it's over here. But it never really catches on at most boutique gyms, most micro gyms because the market is so saturated that it's just like, you know, I can make a dollar on a bag of protein, yay. Like, 
And then they're just, you'll spend an hour explaining it and then they'll go buy it on Amazon next time. And, right. you know, it's not that you don't want to help people, but if you don't have infinite time and infinite money, you got to put, put your energy where it needs to be. So good on you for at least having some of the basics covered so that people can get it from you. And, and hopefully there's some profit margin built into it for you. Yep. And it's not just something that, that takes space on yourself. So, so that, that's, that's great. And good on, you know, cook, uh, kick house for, for really presenting that. So as we are starting, we're pretty close to out of time here, but what I really want to know now, having a, a big picture of where you are and what you're doing and, and knowing that you're aware of all these different parts of the business, what's your, what's your goal long-term with it? You know, I know you you have a couple hundred clients now, What's your capacity for your, your facility? Is there a plan, you know, as you grow to look at other facilities? What's the three, four, five-year vision for the business? Okay, so I'm glad you asked this because we've been talking a lot about it recently. Um, I, I think that the industry has changed due to COVID. Um, and our, our original model that we started with, which was a 3,000 square foot facility with locker rooms and kitchens and, you know, quite um, large, uh, I, I think that is a thing of the past. So our vision is because we've worked very hard to build our brand. Um, we you know, as, as you probably know, we won the best fitness facility for the York area this past year, and we won best yoga studio. Um, nice. And a lot of that's just because our members love us. Um, so we have a, an exciting brand. When Beth goes to external events, all of our members come. We have to tell them to move away from the table so new people can come up. I love um, it. Right. So we we want to. That's the hard part, right? To build this great reputation, to do so much good. I mean, we our success stories are fabulous. Now we need to take that and make money with it and successes with it elsewhere. So my plan is to change the model, smaller facilities which with 200 members would be very profitable and take it out to, there's like three areas close to us, which would be like Hershey, maybe Mechanicsburg, maybe Lancaster, we're still looking, open a, a less expensive facility, offer the same level of service, don't need 400 members um, and, and spread the brand that way. I, I mean, it's refreshing to hear somebody say something other than like increasing revenue is great, right? And I love seeing that. But decreasing expenses is a pretty awesome way to go about a business too. If you know where you are in the model, you have some experience in it. And it's always more, 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 but, but less on the other side is just always going to be beneficial, right? There's no, it's just exponential. So at least realizing that there's another way to go. Growing the business is great. Helping more people, fantastic. But reducing expenses is good for the longevity of the business. Businesses that aren't around can't help anybody. So I'm glad that you're so aware of that. So we are just about officially out of time. Last question before I let you go, maybe the most important one for anybody out there listening, if they're interested in finding about more about you, your location, kick house in general, if they're going to be in York or maybe they want to reach out to you and, and talk about your experience, where can they find you online? Uh, we're on Facebook, Kick House York PA. We're on Instagram, same Kick House. Um, also, you can go to our website and it will direct you, direct you to sign up for your free class. 
And that's yes. the kick house. The, yes, the kick house. Uh, um, but yeah, those are our main places. We, you can message us, you can comment on any of our things and you just sign right up for a class, call us, anything. Stop in, we love it. Fantastic, all right. I appreciate you both being here today. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Thank you. You are welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time too. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value in this. If you'd like to hear more episodes, smash that subscribe button. We'll notify you as they drop. If you want to be on the show, come on, talk about your model, your business, your entrepreneurial journey. Put the link in the description. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. We'll get you on the show. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Justin, owner of Stay Fly Muay Thai in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. How's it going, Justin? It's going great. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to chat about Stay Fly. So uh, get, let's hop right into it. Tell us a little bit about the gym and what kind of services do you guys offer? Uh, so we're a Muay Thai gym. Uh, Muay Thai is Thai kickboxing. It's a national sport of Thailand. Um, a lot of people are, interested, are familiar and interested in Muay Thai because of a, an interest or familiarity with uh, mixed martial arts, MMA, um, with the UFC. Um, and you know, we're, we're definitely a, a niche, uh, kind of service. Uh, not everybody is interested in Muay Thai. You know, it's not, it's not the, uh, the every person's sport that they want to get into. Um, it's a lot of hard work and it can be kind of brutal. Um, but yeah, we, um, we offer Muay Thai kickboxing services. We're also, also partnered up with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school, um, at our current location, um, that offer, uh, submission grappling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, uh, you know, they also, we also offer um, strength and conditioning classes at our, at our school as well. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, so are you guys, is it mostly group classes or do you also offer, you know, one-on-one -on -one personal training as well? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a mix of both. So I actually, this morning I was working with a few uh, personal, personal training uh, clients, but I also taught a class this morning at six. So there was a, uh, a good mix of both. Uh, I feel like most people that are members of the gym, whether they do personal training or group classes, 
most people do group classes. Some of them also do personal training. Um, there are some people that just find more benefit in doing just, just one-on-one sessions. Uh, and those people, you know, I, I have a few of those each day and, you know, maybe a dozen of them in a week, but um, the majority of, of my clients are also doing group classes as well. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. So I'm, I'm super excited to dig into what you guys are doing a little bit more. But before we do that, um, give us a little background on how StayFly came to be and how did you know it was the right time to go into business for yourself? Oof. Well, um, so one of the things that I talked to you and uh, a little bit about before uh, our, our conversation is that um, some of the things I'll, I'll talk about during this are the difficulties that uh, I had with our um you know, with being a gym owner and with the just, just, you know, the current situation, but also our inception story, I guess, as you would say. Um, so our, our uh, beginnings, so I, I've been doing Muay Thai um, for almost 18 years now, 17 and a half years, I guess. And um, I got into it never thinking that I'd be any good, um, just was something that I was interested in. I, I played a lot of sports growing up and didn't have a sport at the time. So I, got asked if I would be interested in taking a class. I started to got really, really into it. And then very soon after I started training, um, I started competing and I could start competing on a, on an amateur level for uh, a good while, sort of helping out, teach some classes at a gym um, that I was training at. And then after about two years of competition, um, I turned uh, pro and I started fighting professionally and, uh, I had uh, a lot of allegiance and a lot of a very close relationship with my old coach, um, who was a very important person to me. He was a good friend of mine. He was um, like my mentor. He was the person who taught me my craft. And also he was kind of like my boss, right? So um, there was a, a very strong connection with him. We actually left the gym that we were at originally and moved to a, a new location. I, um, he was not the most personable, uh, person, uh, that my coach. So I was sort of the, um, uh, I guess, uh, liaison for most, uh, interactions with people that weren't already, already on the, uh, the inside. And, uh, I set up a, a, a meeting with a, a gym owner we ran a gym that was currently a Muay Thai gym before the owner was looking to kind of get out and wanted somebody to kind of come take over. So we ran that for three years after three years, my coach was um, basically a little bit bummed that the numbers were down a little bit based on, you know, whatever. Uh, so we were there for like three years. Then he went to, we went to go get like our checks and the numbers were a little bit less. And he was like, well, why is my check less? He's like, well, there's less students, you know, things are down a little bit. And my coach got a little bit, you know, bummed. And the, the guy who was the owner of the gym said, Hey, listen, like, if you want to be in on this and like, kind of like take it to the next level, like I'll, I'll jump in like the business owner said, that. he's like, and I'll, I'll, I'll like take it to the next level, but I want it to be like just me and you and Justin will kind of work for you instead of it being me and my coach kind of running things, him and the business owner would uh, kind of run things. And I would just kind of be an employee and that bummed me out. But um, after a few weeks of that, it was about eight weeks of that where I went from being kind of like a business owner and got sort of demoted into being an employee. Um, and they were like, Hey, we don't want you to worry about any of the managerial stuff. We just want you to worry about being a professional fighter and teaching awesome classes and being exciting for people to be there a lot of things very quickly, it started to be very quickly evident that most of the things that I did, if I didn't do them as my role, they weren't going to get done. So after eight weeks, the business owner actually asked my coach to leave and offered me a head, head coach position. So it put me in a weird position because there was this person I was very close friends with that I had known for a long time that though we were in a current weird situation, he 
was this person I knew for a long time. This business owner was offering, promising me the world. Mm-hmm. So then um, I turned down my the, the business owner the opportunity, and I asked my coach if we would, you know, I'd be like, hey man, you know, we need to have our own space. He said, of course, that's what we need. We need our own space. So I put all the work into, you know, create an LLC to create, you know, to figure out a building system, to look for spaces, to get everything, you know, all sorted out. Um, and then um, we were supposed to be opening, a, we did a, a Kickstarter um, or a, a Indiegogo, it was like Kickstarter. Um, and uh, literally we we're going to get opened in the first of uh, 2014 and literally like the 27th or 28th, my coach and I had a, a meeting over some coffee and he just told me like, Hey, I'm not interested in any place at all. I was like, what, what? Um, he said, I was like, well, what do you, what do you want me to do? He's like, well, it seems like you want your own place. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm asking you what you want me to do. He's like, Oh, well, it's time. You should, you know, have your own place and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. Um, and so I asked him, I was like, well, what are you going to do? And he was like, Oh, you know, I don't know if I want to do Muay Thai anymore, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever. And he's like, you know, I, um, you know, I'm still probably going to teach and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. Like whatever. And, and I thought it was, you know, you know, not what I really wanted to do or envision, but it was, I put all the work in it to open it for me and him and stuff. And then it was a real blessing in disguise because though he is a very smart dude, a very capable dude, um, he didn't really ever want to do the business stuff. And he mm-hmm. sort of was expected to be, to have all the, the perks of being a business owner without putting the work in it to actually, you know, own a business, all the, all the, you know, and it doesn't work like that. You got to do one or the other or both or whatever. You can't have, you know, you can't have it mixed like that where it's, uh, you, you can get all the benefits of being the owner of the business without any of the, the skin of the game, you know? So um, sadly it was a, it was a time that we, he and I sort of parted ways and um, but it was, it was a blessing disguise because I was willing to put in all that work. Um, he was a little older than me and I was young and, was excited about being an entrepreneur and do all the work. And, and it was an incredible amount of work, but uh, in the beginning of 2014 is when we opened. So, and then it's been, I don't know, however many years, eight years, I guess now that, that we've been, been our own business. So. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. That's yeah, that's quite a story for sure. A difficult um, one, but it's what it's what the way that it worked out, you know. Right. Yeah, and it sounds like obviously it kind of worked out for you um, finding that out about your potential business owner before you actually got into business with him. Um, Absolutely, dodging bullets, right? Right. Yes. Exactly. So, all right. So you know, like you said, you started 2014. Things are rolling along. People are joining the gym, and then this pandemic thing happens, right? Yeah. So um, before the pandemic, uh, we were we we had been in this space. It was this this gorgeous giant space that um, we it was it was expensive. Um, it was bigger than we needed. It had more stuff than we needed, um, but. It was awesome. It was great. And then we tried to renew for a long term with the lease and everything uh, towards the end of it, our, the landlord was like, oh, no, we don't want to do just month to month. And that in my head is, is a, a warning bell that something is, is going to change where there's going to be, um, we're going to have to find a new place because there's some reason, you know, why, and, and realize that it was really because, I mean, the, the area was changing a lot. It was a very up and coming area, but they were looking to sell the building. It was, it was part of a, a complex, an old kind of complex. Now they're looking to demolish it and, and build a, a high rise of uh, apartments with uh, first level um, uh, retail. Now we found a new spot, a gigantic new spot. It was beautiful. It needed a lot of work though. So I, um, uh, 
I did all the things I needed to do. I put a ton of a ton of work in, uh, whatever. And I took all the money that I had saved, all the money out of investments, all my money on my savings and stuff. And I and I don't come from money. I never had a lot of money. And even as a business owner, I wasn't even even having a successful Muay Thai gym. I wasn't raking in a lot of money. It's not if I wanted to have a booming business, you know, to be in such a niche market is not the way that I can just like rake in a bajillion dollars a year. But um, all the money that I had, I tied up in opening this new space just up the street from our, our current one. Then the pandemic happened as we were kind of getting our stuff set. Really, really difficult. We did what we could to continue to have um, classes. And then when classes weren't able to be have anymore, continue to have private lessons. And even on the hush hush had some like personal training, you know, with doors closed and stuff, not allowing people to, to, to see what we were doing in there. And, and we were doing our, our best to be safe and, you know, be cautious, but, you know, people had, had fights coming up. People were, you know, right. trying to take their, their health and their fitness seriously. And, um, it was, you know, it was a diff- it's, it's been a difficult time and everybody has different ideas about what the best thing is to do. And there's a lot of very, you know, contrasting ideas, but we were doing what we thought was best for, um, for the people in the community and stuff. Um, pandemic w- was really difficult because if there was a, a business that kind of deserved to be helped out, I think by, you know, government loans and things like that, it would be ours. But the difficulty was that we didn't qualify for any, loans at all. I didn't, I didn't receive a dollar in, in uh, any sort of business stuff. I got the same, you know, um, stimulus check that everybody else did. Um, the, but um, I didn't get anything for the business. And, and that was based on a few things. One, um, all the, all the, um, all the, uh, the loans and stuff were based on two pieces of information. One of them was how many employees you have. So though we had myself and, and a few other coaches who, who got the majority of their income from the, you know, personal training and teaching classes and all that stuff, um, the, uh, their status wasn't employee. They were independent contractors. So it didn't qualify us in on that sense. The other piece of information that a lot of stuff was based on was uh, taxes, what you pay in taxes and, and what, how much, what your income was and all that stuff. And I hadn't had my taxes done yet. So there was no information that I could give that would qualify us um, for that. So it was a bummer, but we didn't get a dollar in, in PPP. And I know, I know people that have, have received uh, um, like loans and I know people that, uh, I've heard plenty of stories of people like kind of untruthfully sort of qualifying for plenty of stuff. Um, but we didn't receive anything and we had to do it all our own. So we did what we could. And as you know, uh, restrictions started to loosen up and, you know, things like, you know, we do, we do what we can and, and we kind of take things though. Everybody's there. Um, nobody needs to be there, like going to the grocery store or going to, you know, the doctor's office or anything like that, everybody's there putting themselves in a position that they could otherwise avoid if they didn't want to. So we're, we're kind of understandable that, you know, numbers are going to be dropped and, and people are whatever, even though people are, some people are completely fed up with any sort of restrictions, whatever we do our best to keep people safe and keep people feel comfortable, but without, um, we, we don't, impose uh restrictions or rules and things like that it's kind of up to people for us so that's not really the legal way to do it but 
it's what we've kind of realized for us is the best because it's a tight-knit community of people that take things seriously um but are also putting themselves in a position where this is a a choice of theirs to to be able to to be fit so it's been difficult but we're still alive we're head above water still. Right. Yeah. yes yeah that that is kind of the big takeaway there like it's it certainly has been tough for just about every single gym but the fact that you guys are are still here still around still standing yeah. that's amazing but, but when we move spaces we moved into this brand new space I, I put all my money into this into the space and then just after we got there l and i licensed and inspections for the city of philadelphia closed the building down so we were not able to use the building we got hooked up with the brazilian jiu-jitsu school that had a a space just up the street that were looking to move based on building restrictions for their own with COVID. And we got hooked up with them last January. And since last January, we've had a group, um, we've had a, uh, our businesses kind of in partnership in the same space doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu called Logic Philly um, and the State Fly Muay Thai, um, as well as doing some, some strength and conditioning classes. And um, we're still hopeful that Elle and I will open up the building once uh you know, the uh, proper adjustments are made to the building, you know, um, but um, we we don't know. Um, and right now we're just doing our best and kind of doing what we can, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's definitely tough to kind of be in that limbo area, but at least you, you know, were able to kind of hook up with this other gym, make things work. Sure. So. Um, all right, cool. So yeah, now that we know all of that, I do cool want to, <laughs> <laughs> I do want to switch up, get a little more tactical in what you're doing as yeah. far as growing the business right now. Um, so what types of things are you currently doing to get people interested in joining the facility? Uh, so, I mean, the, the way that it goes for us is that we've actually seen, um, so myself, I, uh, the way that, that, the way that our business is and the way that like I've kind of handled things is a little bit different than a lot of people who are interested in making money uh, <laughs> would do it. Uh, to me, um, I, I've had, I have a lot of experience in which I, um, and I fought all over the world and I fought at, at a world-class level um, against the scariest dudes on the planet. You know, um, I have more fights than anyone. I have more fights than any American has ever had, I think, um, as far as Muay Thai fights. Um, I'm, people call me like a triple OG, like, you know, that, that I'm a, kind of like a founding member of the American Muay Thai scene, which is great. It's awesome to have some sort of like notoriety like that. But really, that is the biggest reason of an advertisement why people come train with us is because, you know, people know me, know us as a team, and we come, come work with us. So honestly, like, we don't do for Stayfly, a ton of advertisement. We don't do a ton of whatever. We're like known because I'm known from what I've done. So mm -hmm. like we, we have our, like our slogan is kind of like talk less, do more. So we don't tell everybody about like how great we are. We don't do a lot of uh, like advertisement stuff. We just show up and, and fight and people see us. And, you know, um, that being said, you know, I do post a lot on, on Instagram and Facebook and stuff and photos and videos and things. And just through natural, I don't think, there may have been one time and I did like a small campaign on something or other, but I don't, I don't know other than that really if I've spent a dollar in advertisement, um, which is kind of unique um, to me. There's a lot of people that are interested in having like a, a booming business and want to have like a, a gym to teach one thing or another. But to me, 
the way that I, I do it, I'm not saying it's the right way, but the, the way that I've always thought is like, I want, I'm very good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I end up being really good at explaining to people how to do it. Right. Um, those are my skills. Uh, I'm not, I've never been, and I'm not like a business guy, right? I never thought that I'd be a business guy at all. I was a Muay Thai guy. And then I ended up really being able to, to teach Muay Thai a lot. Um, and then it ended up being one of those things where it just kind of fell in my lap to, to own a Muay Thai gym. Um, there is a way that we could be making a ton more money if we had more like general populace kind of like accessible classes, more like kind of of a draw to people that are interested in just doing fitness or the cardio kickboxing, the soccer moms who want to hit stuff kind of crowd, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's just not who we, we are. And like, that's not like, there are a lot of places that people can do that and they'll make a lot more money than I will. Right. But that's not who I am. And my, like though money, I'm not allergic to money, you know, money's great, right. but uh, it's not my, my primary driver i um i can make a lot more money doing a, doing something else right i'd probably make more money if i was like a bar back at some restaurant you know what i mean just right. just doing some other job but um if there's anything in the world that i'd want to do i'd want to fight professionally and i'd want to you know have te- mm-hmm. be able to teach other people to fight professionally and also be able to share my knowledge and my passion with you know, lay people with, you know, good old normies that just like hitting stuff, you know? Um, and that's what I want to do. That's my passion. It's my love. And, and most people that have a passion and a love like that in some sort of sport or some sort of like, you know, whatever, they have to fit that in around a nine to five or whatever. And I don't, you know, I have uh, the ability to do this full time. And, and that's my job, getting paid to punch people and get punched, but also getting paid to run a gym um, to teach people, you know, the sport that I love. So yeah, if I wanted to like do a lot more to bring a lot more people than I could, um, but that's just not who we are as a company, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one thing I did want to ask you about is, you know, obviously, like most gym owners, um, you started out as a trainer, you know, your, your sport is what your passion is. And like you said yourself, you never envisioned yourself to be a business person. Um, so what have you found to be the most difficult thing, um, to, to learn or to tackle as far as, you know, having to transition into that business owner role? Like what, what, Uh What's your least favorite thing about it? <laughs> so um, the big, the the biggest thing that I could I could say is that um, I'm there's some there's some things in this world that I'm very good at that I'm very 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 good at right um, I'm very good at fighting right I'm I'm very good at teaching Muay Thai I'm very good at the 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 training and being uncomfortable and all the things that go along with that right but I'm not good at uh, like a lot of uh like even even you know this this interview like well, we was having sort of like little hiccups with the zoom and stuff and i feel like a boomer sometimes i'm like why isn't the music working you know like i'm I guess the youngest kid in the room what's not so all the things that go along with like formalities like things about you know building contracts you know uh legal stuff doing taxes all that stuff is so difficult for me and um the good news is that i'm a really smart person so i can figure all that stuff out now the bad news is that i'm a very smart person but 
I'm not good at some things, right? I don't know everything, right? I can figure it out, but it's not the kind of greatest return on investment, you know, on, on my energy, right? Like I, I can put the time in and learn how to do this and that and whatever, but that's not how I can be the best me. That's not how I can best affect people, right? I can best affect people by being, you know, the baddest ass person that I could possibly be, the best fighter I could be, the best coach I could be, the best instructor I can be. Um, and those are my skill sets. The thing that was difficult for me is I've always been um, a very independent person, didn't have an easy upbringing. And I didn't really, like, I've nothing's ever really been super easy for me. Nothing's really been given to me. Um, so, I found a lot of like uh, self-reliance and one of the things that was really, really difficult for me, but important for me to, for survival in, in this game and, and in this business um, was asking people for help, right? Um, being able to, to, to know someone because there, there are people there that like, there are people, I mean, in the world that love like creating spreadsheets i'm like i don't know what sort of psychopath that is but like i am a different flavor of psychopath where i, I don't mind getting punched right in the mouth you know what i mean so there's a, a lot of different people in this world and some people are are crazy in different ways you know and some people are crazy in the way that they really love like breaking down efficiencies making things happen like more smoothly that they kind of enjoy, like there's some people that are like really social people that enjoy making phone calls to people or, you know, whatever. And there are people that love posting on social media. There are people that love, you know, all that stuff. And the biggest thing that I could say is like, um, there, there's, there's, if you are the best coach in the world, right? If you're the best trainer in the world and there are a million people that want to come and train with you based on the things that you offer them, the knowledge that you have and the experience they have as the coach, that's awesome. And that might be a huge motivation on why you want to have your own gym. And I totally think that, that you could and you should, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be the best person or even a good person, even a person who's, who's worth a damn at running a business, right? And that's something that like does not necessarily, uh, it has nothing to do with your, your worth as a person or your worth as a coach or uh, an athlete or, or any of those things. And I think that some people, get mixed up whether they think that they because they are the best coach because there's a lot of people that are just think that all of a sudden they're going to be the best gym owner and right. not saying that you can't be but the skill sets and the crossover is very very few like the skill sets are very different and the the day-to-day -day is very very different the what you need to be good at what you need to be okay with is very very different right like I, i'm i'm very um, I'm way, the, I think the secret to my success in the world is just being able to be uncomfortable, right? And that's why I'm any good at Muay Thai because it's difficult and it sucks and it's hard and that's, I'm okay doing that, right? And the things about the, the gym that were, you know, difficult stuff, I was okay kind of like learning those things, but also the thing that was most difficult and the thing that has helped me out the best is to be able to put somebody else in charge of, hey, like, you are good. I will, I will pay you to do this. I will trade you to do this, whatever you got to do in order to put somebody who's better at you, more efficient than you at some of the, the, this tasks, right? Whatever the task is, you can make it all like if, you know, you can figure it out. Right. But 
there's probably somebody that's better than you. And then if they're better than you, then what is the best use of your time and your energy? And if you can figure that out with the best use of your time and your energy and put somebody else in charge of the things that are not the best use of your time and energy, that's where you can find a little bit of, of success. And there's some people that don't have the ability to like have people in different roles and that's cool. You got to just bite the bullet and be that role for everything until you, you are right. And I was that way for a really long time, but you know, after a while it's like, okay, I could, focus on this and this and this, but there's only hundred percent of me. And if the, like, you know, I want to put hundred percent of me in the, in the, in the places where I could best impact people, right. Mm-hmm. To be a training partner, to be a coach, to, you know, be an instructor. Those are the things I can best do. Right. Nobody has my skill set and my like experience and my knowledge in this thing. Right. But there are a thousand people in a, you know, mile radius that are better at all this stuff than me. So, don't waste all my time doing that. Be the best person that I can for the most people that I can. Put these other people that are better than me in this in this role where they can do this stuff better than I can. And it's like having that humility and that that understanding is is the thing that like you know really got me to be able to not want to just like call it quits, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for sharing all that. We really yeah. appreciate it. We are winding down on time here. Um, so give us a shout out for your business here. What's your website? Where can we find you guys on social media? Uh, okay, yeah, so the, the website is just stayflymuaythai.com. Um, and on social media, it's just uh, on Instagram and Facebook, it's just stayflymuaythai. Um uh, my personal uh, Instagram is just Muay Thai Stay Fly. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, and it's all just Stay Fly Muay Thai. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, feel free to give us a follow, send us a message, whatever you got to do. All right. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much for being here with us today, Justin. We really, really appreciate it. Um, And then to all of our listeners out there, thank you also for spending some time with us today. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Justin here. So if you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.